0: This is from Maine with Love, an Alagash Brewing podcast where we talk all about beer, our community here in Maine, and things that generally make us happy. And what is making me personally happy right now is thinking about HopReach IPA, uh, the topic of this conversation.
1: Yeah, today we talked with Jeff and Naomi about our uh, upcoming release, Hop Reach. I felt like they you know, a great conversation. I feel like they have so many insights when it comes to what we're hoping um the end result will be. So we we heard a lot about the branding and why we're making an IPA. Um it was a fun conversation.
0: Uh super fun. We go through how we went from, you know, hey, we're going to brew an IPA to ta da, we have a beer called HopReach IPA. And this is what the branding looks like and this is how we're going to sell it. So it was really fun to relive this process. uh, Liz and I both worked on uh hop reach as a beer from the marketing side. And then, you know, with Jeff and with Naomi and with her entire team. And so I think it was inspiring for me how collaborative and inclusive the process was, uh, you know, both between marketing and sales, but also, you know, folks from yeah. across the company.
1: Yeah. If that sounds uh, interesting to you, give this episode a listen.
0: So joining me uh, today, Liz Wilson. Hello. Hi, Liz. Hey. Uh, Naomi Neville, our sales director. Hi, Naomi. Hello. Uh, And Jeff Playshore, marketing director here at al Hello. Good to have everyone here. Now- I think uh, my guess is that uh, the both of you got wind of my secret questions, so I changed them, <laughs> so you can't predict what we're gonna ask. So we're, we're gonna start with Naomi going off Uh-oh. script. Uh-oh. Oh, you can't you can't predict this stuff. Uh, so Naomi, I, I hear you're uh, you're a fan of travel, and so the first question's a quick one: aisle seat or window?
2: Oh, always aisle, and it's gotta what? be. Yeah, absolutely, and you got to be on like the left hand side so you can put your right leg into the aisle. It's a, it's wow. a, yeah, very specific about where I get my seats.
0: What about the drink cart? Aren't you getting bumped?
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's worth it. It really <laughs> is. I get to stretch one <laughs> of my legs out. It, it, it's worth it.
0: Okay, that's good. So, and closer
2: so, to the drink cart too. So there's that benefit, right? Of, of course, of course.
0: I that will, I so will
3: add, called, I, as, as someone who firmly agrees with Naomi on this, you should seek wow. a life partner who feels differently. Yeah. agree. I mean, I'm I'm a window seat person.
0: <laughs> Me I'm 100%. Too. I, I can't stand the aisle.
1: Me too. Ooh, what does don't that either.
2: say about us? Um,
0: I don't know. I, you know what? It says everything.
2: <laughs> it <laughs> should be know. a first date question for sure. Like <laughs> it is. Aisle <laughs> or window. It's like yeah. cancel docks. Yeah. yeah, That's
0: true. That's important. So this is, this is a slight follow-up, but uh, what's, what's the most relaxing destination you've ever been to? And it could just be maybe the trip mm. itself was relaxing or whatever, but I'm just I'm interested.
2: Mm, that is a really great question. I think Costa Rica. That was it hadn't been on a trip in a really long time, and it was just so relaxing. Everyone was so friendly. The weather was great. Um, did like an Airbnb so we could cook, and it was just really, awesome. really amazing.
0: That's Awesome. Man, you, you nailed it. All right, Jeff, question for you. Uh, what's the podcast budget for 2023? <laughs> no, that's a joke. Depends on how today goes, Brett. <laughs> that's so true. Well, yeah. All right, no, I, the pressure's on. Uh, no, the real question. Um, so you can only pick a single suite to enjoy for the next
3: year. Uh, what is that sweet You know, that actually was not a hard oh. question for me. Um, my wow. wife's uh, almond chocolate chip cookies. Just you know, oh. you got to you got to go with what pops into your head first. A lot of different Jeff, sweets those out there, don't but don't seem
1: I... to make it to the office too.
3: <laughs> <long>. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, Good point. It's, it's yeah, actually I've interesting. We don't these. bake it as much as you might think, but I feel like under that, like what is that sort of all-purpose uh, sweet mm. question? It's it's just got to be chocolate chip cookies. I can see that. That's this good.
1: podcast yeah. always ends up at cookies, so mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent
3: fair. That's yeah. fair, and I feel that's called great. out. I feel I feel like <laughs> I need to I need to raise my game and get those cookies in here. So I'll, I'll see what we can do.
0: What I was going to say about Susie's cookies. We enjoyed them during the shoot for the Hop Reach uh, commercial oh, we just good. shot. Amazing! It all comes nice. together.
1: Yeah, full circle. Yeah. For- mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Liz, do you uh do you want to take that first question? And kick us
1: off here, yeah. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, we we finally decided that we'd be brewing a year-round IPA. Um, You know, when you heard this, what did you think?
2: Uh, I was excited. This is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I think a lot of us here like to drink hoppy beers. We certainly drink other people's hoppy beers. There was a gap in our portfolio that I felt like we could use a hoppy beer, really round it out nicely. Um, so yeah, it didn't take me long to get on board with this idea. Very excited. Nice. Yeah. What,
1: what about you, you, Jeff? you,
3: Jeff? Yeah, I think we all sort of came to the same conclusion almost independently. And, and I think we sort of shared with each other this idea that hey, maybe now is the right time to do this. There was a sort of almost magical connection of realizing that we could do this it could be delicious we could have a blast doing it we could be proud of it it could really be an essentially allagash take on an ipa and i think it it became very exciting and inspirational very very quickly it was it was it was fun yeah i think i
0: remember when i heard it i was just kind of like I got super excited because I just know with our brewers and like the brewing talent we have here that it was just like, oh, I cannot wait to see what they, you know, unleash them on this like entire category of beer of like brew exactly what you want to drink. I was just like, oh, this is going to be really good. And spoiler alert, it is really good. Really <laughs> like um, but yeah, I guess, you know, the, the kind of natural follow up question is like, OK, so so we made the decision. Why? You know, why are we brewing an IPA?
2: Because we really wanted to brew an IPA. So, (laughs)
0: that's it.
2: Uh, Wholesalers (laughs) have been asking us for one for years. Uh, It's probably the most asked about beer when people come into our tasting room. I think our tasting Mm -hmm. room team is pretty tired of having to answer with not quite, but we do have this beer that's kind of hoppy. So, like, everybody coming through wants to know what we have for an IPA. Um, And we really enjoy them like i mentioned earlier and it's just such a massive part of the craft beer market it's like almost 50 percent, if you can believe that i think it's like 45 wow. percent of craft beer is in that sort of overarching ipa category so it's this big piece of the craft beer business so we really weren't playing in um so it's pretty exciting all around for us it's cool
1: yeah i feel like we see it every once in a while in reviews it's like we had a great time, but they yeah. don't have any IPAs. And we're like, ah, shooters. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we <laughs> I think we all were pretty excited when
2: we decided we are going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're in an IPA territory with no IPA right now. You know, people come to Maine, come to New England, they expect you to have an IPA. Um, so soon we'll have, you know, our version of an IPA.
0: Totally. And even when we did put an IPA on tap, we had uh, for Maine with Love number 19, uh, yeah. We, can we say the spoiler of that beer? Can we? Can we? Can we? Kind of do the little insight. So yeah. So behind the curtain, ferment with yeah. love nineteen was actually a test batch of Hopreach, to mm-hmm. see how we how uh, the sort of recipe that we created on a smaller system would work when brewed on a larger system. So our way of kind of trying that out and seeing how it tastes and also enjoying it ourselves, was uh, to put it out as a ferment with love beer. So if you had ferment with love nineteen, you have had very nearly what Hopreach IPA will be tasting like. Um, and anyway, so when we put oper- we uh, Firmain with Love 19 on uh, tap at the brewery only, I saw a uh, person say they need more IPAs.
2: <laughs> so it's
0: just like when we put one on, we should have put more on. So, hey, <laughs> right, proof of concept.
2: Yeah, and it's selling really well. A lot of good feedback mm-hmm. on the Firmain with Love 19.
3: That's awesome. I, I think also there, there might have been a time when uh, we felt that we needed to not have an IPA, that we needed to show that we were Um, coming from a different place. We needed to reflect our values as a a brewery through showing a very different beer list. And we've reached a time where I think we really feel comfortable with the idea that we can be Allagash, we can be what we stand for, we can be what we need to be for the community and our employees, and we can also uh, brew a, a, a pretty darn delicious IPA at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good call, Jeff. And I, you know, we've said it a few times, but... I think it's worth mentioning again,
2: not our first IPA, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Very far from it, actually. I think before I even joined Allagash, which is uh, over 13 years now, Mm. Humalone was out in the market. I can remember in my previous um, career, someone bringing in a bottle of Humalone and we all shared it. And that was definitely before I worked here. So I got to think that was you know, that's quite a while ago. Now we've done other IPA iterations over the years. Um, A few of our from Mainwood loves. Um, Mm -hmm. We do some hot pilot beers in Mm -hmm. the tasting room. Um, That's sort of tasting room only. So definitely not our first parade um, into this kind of category.
0: Let us step all the way back uh, from, from talking about Hopreach, but do Allagash fans, the people who enjoy our beer currently, do they want an IPA? Is this something for them?
3: I'm glad you asked that, Brad. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff.
2: <laughs>
3: wasn't <problem>. we were?
2: <laughs>
3: we've talked a lot about this uh, as as the release was coming up, and I think there's a story that Zach, our quality manager, has told a bunch of times, which is when he's going out um, with his family or on his own, uh, he's going to get two beers, and the first beer is going to be an Allegash White, and the second beer is going to be an IPA, and. There's so many folks internally at the brewery for whom that resonates that they absolutely love Allagash White and they also love IPAs. And so to a certain extent, that's great. That's us. But can we trust ourselves? Are we really the entirety of the beer drinking population? Obviously not. But what we've been able to confirm is that the Allagash drinker drinks IPAs. They are an IPA drinker. And there are certainly many, many people who love Allagash White, and they love Belgian-style wheat beers, and they love our beer, and that is the beer that they enjoy. And they don't really have a lot of interest in exploring IPAs. That's awesome, and there's a lot of folks who are like that. But there are as many, if not more, folks who drink IPAs, and they drink a lot of IPAs. They actually, over half of our drinkers, drink an IPA every week. And overall, Allagash drinkers drink as much IPA as they do Allagash White. So um, we're a big part of what they enjoy, but there's so many other things that people are enjoying as well. So um, we are excited by getting to have an IPA that we think reflects a lot of the things that they enjoy about Allagash White in the sense that it's, it's balanced, that it's approachable, that it's inclusive, that it really is a beer that's there for them day in, day out. And now, obviously, it's a very different beer. It's extremely hoppy. It's a, it's a straight-up IPA. Uh, but it also reflects the other things that they're already enjoying about Allagash Weight. So it's it's fun getting to be able to play in that space and offer something yeah. to that drinker. Because it means that we get to be who we are. We don't have to you know change, uh, change up our attire, so to speak. We get to be ourselves and show up for that drinker. And our hope is, is that they welcome us into that space.
0: So... I guess let's jump to, to kind of the, so we heard we're going to make an IPA. Then I guess for both of you, like Naomi and Jeff, like where, where did we start? You know, like you hear that. And then where did we go from there from a branding and sort of sales perspective?
2: I think, I mean, it, it, I don't know if this sounds cheesy, but we started with the beer. I think, you know, hmm. you all are in the marketing team, but it's you can't brand the beer without kind of knowing what the beer is going to be. The taste profiles, you know, if you, you don't want to brand it in an extreme way when it's going to be very soft on the palate and, you know, vice versa. You want to like nail the feel of the beer. Mm -hmm. Um, So we definitely started with the beer. We started with what we wanted to be drinking and what we thought other people would enjoy drinking and did it in a very Allagash sort of way.
3: Yeah. I think understanding what we wanted the drinker to take away from the beer, what we wanted them to feel and experience, um, you know, when uh, and, and how we pictured them consuming it and enjoying it and drinking it, um, all of that really served as, you know, the, the opening direction for all aspects of this beer, what it was going to taste like, what it was going to mm. look like, uh, you know, what the entire experience would be for that drinker and that, that person who chose this beer.
1: Yeah. And I guess what do, what do we mean by the Allagash way? Like what, what are some of those things that make it Allagash?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think when we started thinking about this beer, we in a lot of ways wanted to make the Allagash white of IPAs. Uh, And we meant that, you know, in some senses in a very practical way, right? We wanted it to sit and we knew that it would sit on the shelf you know, in your favorite store next to Allagash White. So it had to feel part of a whole. It had to feel part of that family. But on an even deeper, more fundamental level, we wanted an approachable, inclusive Beer that you would be proud to drink, whether you were new to IPAs or knew all there was to IPAs, something that would be as you know familiar to you on day one as it would be to you on you know year ten, uh, and that it would be something that you would enjoy coming back to time and time again and discover new flavors and new experiences all the time. It's a it's a pretty high bar that we set for ourselves, but that idea of really just being inclusive and approachable and welcoming to people something that you could drink um, you know uh, a couple times a week if you so chose all of those things were qualities that we wanted that we we love about allagash white and that we wanted uh, our alagash IPA to be able to have um, from the beer inside to the the branding on the outside.
2: Yeah, that's what Robo says about allagash white right he, he has been drinking it every day for over 25 years and he still finds new things to enjoy in it every time.
1: Totally. Yeah, and I think,
2: you know, that was that's a
1: hugely exciting task for our brewers and, you know, in some of the other um podcasts we'll do on this series, we'll get more into detail as to how we actually uh came up with the liquid that will be in this can. So, um if you haven't heard those, be sure to tune in to the episodes with our brewers.
0: Yes. Very very cool. Uh, on how that all worked. And I feel like there was kind of a a similar iteration process that went with the brewing of the beer and also went with the branding of the beer, you know, like with how we work, it wasn't like, we kind of like came up with one idea and we're like, that's good. You know, like (laughs) I think there were more ideas for this single beer than for any beer we've ever worked on. And so, yeah, I mean like, you know, I think thinking of that branding and thinking, I guess for where we landed. uh, So, you know, Prior to that, Naomi, like what was there anything that you were hoping for in the branding of the beer? So we so we knew where we were going with the with the liquid itself, with the beer. You mm-hmm. know, we knew that the flavor profile was uh going to be somewhere in the realm of citrusy, tropical, and maybe a little bit of pine. I think that's what our brewers were shooting for. So once we kind of knew this, we knew the ABV of this the shooting for six point eight percent ABV. What then, I guess, Naomi, were you kind of hoping for when you thought of the end result of branded beer?
2: So I think I was hoping for something that really resembled the beer in the can. So like you just said, it's a citrusy, tropical, but also balanced mm-hmm. um, just because this is a podcast and because you can't see what it looks like right now. It's a beautiful cream colored can and there are hop vines like wrapping around it. And the buds on the hop vines are green and the uh, leaves are like just different tropical colors. And it's just very balanced, sort of a light looking can. Um, definitely not an extreme looking can. So it really represents the beer in the can perfectly, honestly, it's welcoming, it has this accessible look. um, And because there are so many hotbeds on the can, you really get the feeling that what is gonna be in there is gonna be hoppy, which is very much what I wanted to express with that. Um, And then just like, I think Jeff has said it before, but sort of like this classic timeless look that can sit next to Allagash White and won't age or get old quickly. Um, totally.
3: Jeff, same question for you. Oh my God. I mean, I think Naomi just nailed it. I mean, how awesome is that, that I get to listen to my counterpart in sales <laughs> just describe the brand so beautifully. And I think that that is a reflection of what made this entire process so fun was how inclusive we were with each other. Um, but in terms of what the target was, absolutely. We, we wanted something that was classic, timeless, and I think critically made it as easy as possible on the person picking this beer up off the shelf to know what they were going to get. You know, we know intuitively, we know from experience, we know from listening to consumers that the act of shopping for a beer is oddly stressful um you know people worry about what it's going to taste like they worry whether or not it's going to meet their expectations if they're going to be stuck with it in their fridge if they don't like it that's like a big deal for for folks and i think it's easy to forget that a little bit because we've worked inside the beer business you know all of us for at least a few years if not a lot longer but you know i think for so many folks that act of choosing a beer is is a opens a lot of questions. And so a lot of our goal in designing this beer is to just help relax people and help them understand that they're going to get something that is what they expect and that they're going to enjoy. And so all of the aspects that Naomi describes were intentionally and and thoughtfully selected to be able to convey what the beer actually tastes like so that people would go into it with the best chance of, of knowing that they were picking a beer that they would enjoy. Yeah, that the cream background, too, I feel like is one of the biggest things that I think
0: uh changed for me was we we had we had thought about it initially had a bunch of different options that had a cream background, we ended up kind of semi going with the background that was a little bit darker, really cool, deep blue background. But then ultimately, like kind of towards the very end of the process, we were like, let, let's switch it back. Let's switch. That cream is so much more approachable. And when we made that mental shift at the end, I remember just being like internally very excited, being like, yes, this was the right, like, you know, yeah. as excited as I've ever been over a color change, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was cool uh, to, to make that mental shift. And I just feel like it makes the, the, the entire beer so much more approachable.
1: Yeah. I think back on some of the other, you know, we had many different options uh, for wh- where this beer, brand could go and when I think of being at shelf like Jeff was mentioning and looking at at a sea of beer you know I think we really got to a good place to quickly communicate to drinkers like what the heck they're gonna have and so I hope that we find that that's true so um, yeah and I guess you know naming a beer is a I Easy, don't even know how to simple, describe the process forward. of naming. Oh, it's, the beer. Yeah. it's the easiest thing yeah. we do. A special kind day. of hell. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. Um, you know. it's a it's a challenge to name a beer. And I think, you know, we debated a lot why why don't we just call it Allagash IPA? Or do we give it a name? So I think Naomi or Jeff, do you want to talk a little bit about the exploration um around the name of this beer?
3: Yeah, I can I can start off. I think the you know, the exploration of the name was also uh, part of a whole in terms of the exploration of the creative identity of of the beer as well. And you know, we really went into it with that as an open question. We didn't rule that out. We were very curious about the idea that maybe Allegash IPA worked perfectly right? It's the perfect counterpart to Allagash White, which is a style. There's tons of successful IPAs on the market that are just simply brand name IPA. So that could totally work. And so what we knew that we needed to do with the name and all of the creative identity was we needed to really open ourselves up. We We know our brand, we know our consumer, we know our visuals, but we also were humble about the fact that you know, the IPA segment is... Uh, potentially at least a different mindset from other beers, and we wanted to go in approaching that in a curious way. And so we allowed ourselves to explore the widest range of possible directions, both in terms of naming and in terms of visual identity. So things that were more experiential and moment-based, things that were purely Mm -hmm. stylistic, things that were... Not purely stylistic, but also more focused on giving you a sense as to what the beer itself actually was. And that allowed us... A ton of creative freedom, you know, rather than it being a process that was sort of decided by debate or, uh, you know, so, or, you know, outlasting the other person. It, it really became uh, a process <laughs> of let's just get as many great ideas out there, follow them and see where they go. And then let's get the voice of the consumer in there. Let's, you know, do some really thoughtful testing to see how these different ideas actually hold up in context. And then that is going to allow us to reflect on what we think is right for our brand just really allowed us to stay humble and stay curious and out of that is what came actually no the drinker didn't prefer this as Allagash IPA and we thought okay that's really interesting what resonated for them however was this direction that Naomi described which is don't tell me it's an IPA show me it's an IPA. Uh, and we think it, it comes across really nicely through the hops, the use of the word hop, the color, et cetera, everything that Naomi has already beautifully and better described than I can. It, it, hopefully it, it does that work of showing itself as an IPA rather than just telling you loudly. Yeah. And there's some other little uh, touches in there. There's some leaves on
0: there and the color that those leaves are kind of like a lighter blue and an orange. And I've always viewed that for me as like, that's kind of the tropical notes, you know,
3: who wants to talk about the I, name? I you know, actually, I think we have an expert who can talk best about the name on the call. Um, Brett, would you like to mm. tell us more about the origination <laughs> of the name and where it came from? And, and what, in, what inspired the team to come up with that name?
0: I would love to. Thank you. Um, so I was, I was a part of the team that came up with the branding for this beer and the name. I think I honestly don't know where any of the names came from at this point. Like I don't, I can't pin anyone <laughs> to any particular name. Heaven. So <laughs> they came from heaven. Yes, they came. They were gifts <laughs> from the muse. Uh, but the, uh, so with hop reach, the thing that we ended up coming to ended up coming to was just that like a Hopreach reach is just kind of has an interesting sound. It, it rolls off the tongue. It's a really kind of just nice n- name to say. There's the actual uh, sort of in the description of the beer, we thought about, you know, the hop vines reaching for the sun and they're going up and filling with citrusy and tropical flavor. And so there's that sort of evoking the flavor of the beer in there with the imagery that we uh, kind of talked about. There's also the uh, fact that, you know, there's the alternative meaning of reach where we have brewers and we have people within the brewery who like to reach for IPAs. So that was a fun little play on the words and stuff. And it's something we figured out after the fact uh, that I, I like I like figured out Right before we were going to talk to the press about this, but it was just like we were talking about, I was looking at all of our labels and we normally do a lot of kind of like geographic, like, you know, uh, vistas or something on our, on our beers. This one's more focused in on the hops. So it's not like, it's not different, but at the same time, a reach is also, uh, if you look up the definition, one of its many definitions is actually like a stretch of river. A straight expansive stream so that worked very nicely because we have a lot of streams and rivers and stuff on our um on our labels so hop reach ended up being just kind of really cool from a lot of different directions works on a lot of levels tastes good too mm-hmm. um <laughs> so yeah so i mean for the beer like i guess you know we talked about sort of its profile of citrusy tropical sort of balanced 6.8 percent you know like is it super hazy and if it's not super hazy, why isn't it super hazy? I don't know. Like you know, what would what do you, what's the thought there?
2: Yeah, it is definitely not super hazy. I think we're kind of dialing in the haze right now, but mm. it, it, it couldn't be described as like a New England hazy IPA. Right. Very much not that. Um, you know, and why isn't it like? Those beers are brewed with, you know, specific ingredients to create haze, specific processes, and they give you specific taste and flavor and aroma profiles. And the beer that we created and that we wanted to create just didn't fit with that. So, you know, we know they're super popular. We enjoy drinking them from other people, too. Uh, it was just we were going for something different with our IPA. Um, so, you know, we're excited to do sort of a more, I don't know, it's like classic take on the IPA. Sure. Um so it's a it's definitely a hazy is, you know, definitely a growing segment. Some of those Imperial IPAs are definitely a growing segment. There is a lot of growth on sort of like the margins of the IPA category, but where we're playing right now, um, you know, it's we're in that middle space of the IPA where it's about three times the size of the hazy IPA category, mm-hmm. and the ABV mm-hmm. we're aiming for is like the majority of ABVs out there. So it's like, I don't know sounds really boring to say it's like right in the middle but it's it's an enjoyable middle ground yes. i guess it's yes. it's yeah. something you could have a couple of it's not going to wreck your palate it's you know something you can just go back and have another and relax with friends you know and come back to him and revisit it multiple times a week yeah naomi
1: did you get you know as we were starting this process of brewing the IPA what sort of feedback did you get from the sales team i feel they're out in the field they're talking to partners Every day, I'm sure they're, you know, just as much as our tasting room folks getting asked for IPAs from our partners, from drinkers. What, were, so what, what was some of the initial feedback that you got from the team?
2: To start with, they were incredibly excited that we were thinking of brewing an IPA and that it was going to be a national release and a year-round beer. I mean, that's pretty big for us. We don't release a lot of year-round mm-hmm. beers. Yeah. You know, we don't switch things up that much. Um, so that was a pretty pretty exciting thing for them. Um, and then they were actually able to be involved in the feedback, which was really awesome. And, you know, a huge shout out to our QC team, Matthew Davis and Carl for allowing them to be part of that feedback. So they actually got to try the Fremale Love number 19 samples that were shipped to them. And then they remotely, you know, in 19 states in DC filled out their evaluation form. And that was, you know, another part of how we evaluated this beer and tweaked it and changed it up. So being able to be a part of it, I think is so exciting. I mean, it's such an engaged sales team that they really want to be able to give feedback and say how they feel about it. So I was so happy we were able to do that.
0: That's great. And, And I mean, I feel like we kind of experienced that as well, where as we were coming up with the branding of this beer, we were also tasting all the different versions that the pilot team was putting out there. So I feel like it was this cool back and forth of ideas that were popping up. So it was fun
2: really was and the some of the pilot team and the brewers were in some of That's the branding great. meetings yeah. Yeah. and it, yeah it was it was really unique yeah, I,
3: think. I think this was you know we commented on how this was sort of the the most extensive most inclusive process that we've ever gone through and, and certainly that we as an organization have ever undertaken uh, on a personal level it was so extraordinary to be involved with so many different people across the brewery and bring in so many different perspectives early on. And so, you know, we were able, as as non-brewers on this podcast, we were able to offer our inputs to people who are extraordinary expert brewers and they really cared what we had to say. And my hope is that we were able to create similar experiences for people who are non-marketers but really offered some extraordinary insights that ended up steering the direction that we went in. Uh, from the earliest meetings that we had uh, talking about this beer, we had members of the same brewing team that were brewing and developing the beer. Uh, they were looking at our early creative concepts. And it was an extraordinary learning process for us as an organization because, you know, in the early beer pilots, um, you know, Patrick, uh, who's just an amazing brewer, would bring in these four beers and he'd say, okay, so. Uh, ignore uh, the alcohol level on this one and ignore the haze level on this one and actually this one might be and he'd go on through all these things that you needed to sort of not pay attention to and then you would ask this extraordinary question to give feedback. And, you know, I felt a little tongue-tied about that. And then we would flip it around and we would have these early creative meetings where we would show, like, two dozen different (laughs) concepts and we'd say okay ignore the colors ignore the font um we would actually draw this differently (laughs) it's not Mm going to look anything like this but other than that what do you think and then we would sort of watch the reaction on their faces and um but all of that included we got great insights from them on what branding really resonated for them on what they felt that this beer was going to feel like and so even though we were doing this in parallel I think the reason that we were able to end up with a a brand that did feel so similar to the beer inside is because we had, you know, Corey and Zach and Patrick and Jason in those early meetings from the beginning. And then that we were able to get Carrie and Susie and other people outside of the room uh, from the sales team and so on, tasting the beer and also looking at the brand at the same time.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I feel like you just recapped a year in like 2 minutes. <laughs>
3: yeah, it was super
0: <laughs> easy. There were definitely no purple really in just there. No.
2: Yeah, no crime. It was
0: just seamless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I'd wonder I, if I feel like it would be fun to actually go back and look at literally how many versions of this label Todd
3: created. Yeah. yeah
0: probably in like the 50s if not the 100s. It was was close.
3: It depends on what you honestly what you count as a version because I did some of that counting uh, before our June meeting. Uh, But it was astonishing because you know there were dozens if not 100 plus names and then there were these different (laughs) brand families that were all considered and then under the brand families there were dozens of different alternates for that. So collectively it's certainly north of 100 different variations that we considered. And it was exciting because oftentimes the thing wasn't the thing or even the thing that it led to, but it was the thing that that thing led to that ended up uh, really unlocking something awesome.
0: Yeah. And there's also a lot of fruitful effort in there. Like additionally, because it's all these ideas we now have in our roster to say like, Oh, well maybe like, Oh, we have a new beer coming out. Oh, remember that beer that remember that idea
3: that wasn't perfect for hop reach.
0: Boom. There you go. That's perfect for that beer. Amazing. Yeah, that
3: that really raises so. a great question, which is, you know, so so does this mean this is the best possible brand? And what it, the way that we think about it is, it's the right brand for this beer and for this release. The other brands that we didn't use for this are amazing. Like, folks really really enjoyed them internally, not just on the marketing team. There was some really cool stuff that came out of it. But it didn't meet those needs that we described from the beginning. It wasn't as accessible. It wasn't as inclusive. And it certainly didn't tell you right off the bat what to expect out of this beer.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to start getting feedback um, from people on it. But we'll see.
3: We'll see. Uh, Do you think people will offer their unsolicited feedback online, Liz? I'm I'm not sure. No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Never. (laughs) (laughs) People Don't do that, <gasps> no. people
0: don't really like to put no. out their no, they're very out shy. There. We need yeah. to encourage, no. them. yeah.
2: We want the feedback, though. We, <laughs> we do.
0: do want the feedback, and we appreciate <laughs> yeah. the feedback too. We don't want to be,
2: yeah, too it's coy like it. about it.
0: It's actually really helpful when people tell us exactly what mm-hmm. they think on our social media platforms because then we can take that and say, Whoa, I mm-hmm. didn't, I wasn't yeah. expecting that, or you know, factor into future decisions. So raise your voice, yeah.
1: We use, read them all,
0: use your voice as power. We do, we literally do, yeah, all of them, yep. So. Nitty gritty, Naomi, how did we decide on the packages then, on the sizes? You know, what what was this going to go into? Cans versus bottles versus draft? You know, where do we land?
2: Yeah, we're going to be doing three um, different types of can packages and drafts. So we're going to do 12-ounce 12-packs, 12-ounce 6-pack of cans, and also 16-ounce 4-pack of cans always get all that mixed up, but that's what we're doing. Um, We chose cans. I mean, you probably all know anecdotally when you look at a shelf Mm. set that the majority of IPAs are in cans and not bottles. Um, I just looked at it last week. It's 77% Mm. of the IPAs are in cans, not bottles. So definitely the preferred pack size um, for drinkers out there. So that's why we pick cans. And then, you know, the most popular pack sizes and then draft. We do think, you know, that this will be a great draft beer um, in addition to a white beer on tap so pretty excited by that also
3: That's a awesome. 750 milliliter cork and cage but sorry. <laughs> 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 not 375 jeff
2: edit button <laughs> edit button. <laughs> i
3: do i do uh, this is obviously not for the podcast but i can i can still recall being in the room when we were discussing whether or not you malone could go from being in a 750 to a four pack of bottles it was not a comfortable switch. That's it was awesome. not an obvious change. It was like, are we sure? <laughs> no. Sorry, Liz, I stepped on one. No. My...
1: Yeah. No, I was going to say, when when can people expect to find this
2: in stores near them? Oh, my gosh. Drum roll, please. Jeff, can you hit the yes. Yes. filing cabinet <laughs> below your foot there so that we could get like this? There yeah, go. there we go. I love it. Yeah. I think someone's going to check All right. right. So, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> To a retailer near you. Now, uh, we are going to launch this beer um, at the start of next year. Um, a lot of people might be like, why are you going to launch something in January? Dry January is a thing. Nobody's drinking. <laughs> Everybody's done from the holidays. But... A lot of uh, big sort of chain retail um, supermarkets, they reset their shelves in the spring. So they kind of look at what's performing well, what's underperforming, and they put in, you know, their their best new shelf set um, in the spring. So that happens anywhere. So it's sort of late January through to March. So it'll be kind of like on a rolling basis that you'll see it rolled out to um, an area near you. Um, just want to put a big plug in for our beer finder mm-hmm, on our mm-hmm. website. So if you are curious, please go there, type in your zip code, look for IPA, and you know, you'll know you be able to see it there better than anywhere else. So yep. um, always encourage people to call ahead. Or if you don't see it somewhere, um, ask someone to bring it in for you. Uh, a lot of but like we like to hear what you are all thinking. Uh, retail stores like to hear what their customers want. So feel free to ask for it.
1: Yes, And Naomi is referring to our website, Allagash.com backslash locator. You know, you're very welcome.
0: There it is. Wait. I want to see if that actually, sorry, you can do, you can also do beer dash finder. I want to make sure locator works, make it does. work. S- make it work. It sounds good. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go on the back end. I'm going to hack your type. So you can do beer dash finder or locator, or you could just go to our homepage. And the very second thing on our homepage, if you scroll down is a link to that beer finder. So we put it in many places.
1: Very but, useful. Tool. Yes. Um, yeah. And we'll be releasing it in the tasting room. Um, as well, and we'll we'll announce all of those fun dates um, as we get a little bit closer. So uh, it's going to be an exciting start
2: to the Yeah, it really is. I'm really looking forward to it. Something to look forward to in January, yes. right? You know, like as the holidays are over, you're like, oh. Yes. You know, it's cold. Yeah, in we, Maine we tend to that. So, you just want to
3: like, reach for yeah, something. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. What
2: yeah, do you want I to reach for to Jeff? Re- I
3: should. I would <laughs> like to reach for one today.
0: Oh, how how's everyone feel you feel like we we uh covered everything you were hoping to talk
2: about yeah i think so yeah awesome
3: and i get to yeah, keep well, this thank you, right thank I, you I just want to clarify <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah these are yeah.
2: lovely it's yeah awesome.
3: it's
0: pretty oh, to keep the headphones <laughs>
2: if
0: that's okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right thank thanks you all. this has been an Allagash Brewing Production. If you have something you want us to talk about on the show, shoot us a message at podcast at And as always, thanks for listening.